From the 1987 self-titled release, that is White Snake with Crying in the Rain. That one going out to uh, our good friend Sal. And to kick off the show tonight, uh, we heard a cover version, a Metal Church cover version of uh, Black Betty. And uh, a guy who uh, claims that uh, he's banged a Black Betty or two. My good friend and partner, Chris Aiken. What's going on, Chris? What's up, man? Another <laughs> another fine week being here, doing nothing. <laughs> well, I, I can't imagine you not doing nothing. I mean, I, I thought you were the one who were saying, man, I need to take a break. Yeah, I'm tired of sitting in this fucking chair after all them interviews this week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, look at you. You busy, busy guy uh, rubbing elbows with all the rock stars and musicians out there. 21 interviews in three weeks. Well, That's enough. Yeah, one a day. Yeah, and well, thankfully, after after Tuesday, I think I'm stopping for a little bit. I have one more on Tuesday, and I'm done. Mm. Well, a lot of people, uh, you know, not doing anything like uh, most of us, and uh, they got to get out there and promote. So uh, yeah. you're giving, uh, giving them that opportunity and uh, doing a damn fine job of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm bitching about it, but it's more just because I'm tired of I'm tired of prepping, to be honest, because I've interviewed a lot of bands that I really didn't know shit about. Right. So, you know, there was there was quite a bit of listening to bands for the first or second time or reading bios and that kind of stuff. I mean, certain ones, you know, obviously David Ellison, you know, I, I prepped for that for about one second. You know, the the second that it took me to text him to see if he was ready to do the interview. Right. That was that was the extent of my prep for Ellison. But. Bands like Ambush that I didn't know a lot about, I had to kind of read up on a little bit, but whatever. You know what, man? And as I told you off air, you know, this is a time for us to, you know, surpass other people by because we have the time. And other other people that are doing shows or podcasts or whatever just will not commit the way the way that we will, the way that I will. You know, and I'm doing it. I'm jumping in with both feet and I'm going to interview. If I end up interviewing 50 people this month, so fucking be it. It'll be better than what everybody's doing. Well, I, I agree with that. But uh, that uh, basically goes back to our philosophy with with the longevity of this show is just the dedication factor, uh, you know, in, in doing it right, having the best sound, uh, having the best content to just, you know, uh, not not quitting. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's the whole Lemmy Motorhead. It's just, what's the, what, what's the, uh, success of the longevity of Motorhead not stopping. Yeah. Well, and that's it. <laughs> just because the rest of the world stopped doesn't mean we're going to no fucking way. Right. I, I, you know, I'm fully on board with that. So, uh, anyway, you know, you're knocking them out and, uh, putting a lot of content up there for people to, uh, you know, go back and listen to and, you know, keeping the folks entertained that, that are, you know, uh, kept from uh, going out there to do anything aside from sitting around and waiting till yeah. till the uh, till the all clear is given. Yeah, because you know we're all scared to death sitting here hoping our lives aren't ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the the interesting thing is, and and I'm not going to get off on a whole jag because everybody's tired of this, but you know mm -hmm. I, I my main source of news. And, yeah. and because there's very, very, very few reputable uh, people out there that you can listen to that will actually give you the straight scoop. And, you know, yeah. I've I've mentioned it numerous times before, but I listen to Mark Levin because I, I believe the guy gives you exact the, the straight scoop on everything. 
And uh, one of the things that he's questioned from the very beginning is, you know, when this whole coronavirus uh, thing started spreading here to the states about, oh, my God, we're going to, you know, people in the millions are going to die here in the states. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that was the ultimate wisdom there that the millions are going to die. And yeah. uh, as time has progressed, what are we into the second month of this thing now? Maybe end of first or beginning of second. I don't remember. Yeah, when it well, it's been it's been at least six weeks. Okay, at least six weeks that uh, you know the the seriousness of this was sort of uh, I don't know what do you want to call uh, disseminated to us, and mm-hmm. and and from the very beginning it was like this is really serious. People are going to die. This is you know we don't know how this is going to affect everyone and so on and so forth. But you know now that time has passed. And uh, we've had a chance to kind of get a good idea as to how this is affecting the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been determined, and Mark Mark Levin has been kind of harping on this for you know from the get go. It's just like, what are you basing these numbers on? You know, we don't even know how many people have this. I mean, you're you're basing this percentage of people who are going to have a mortality rate. Based on what? We don't even know how many people have this thing because a lot of people will have it and they don't even know they have it. Well, I'm going to make my professional assessment based on what I see on Facebook because that is where you (laughs) get all your professional knowledge. And based what I see on Facebook, not enough people are dying. (laughs) We need need plenty more. There's plenty more that end up in my Facebook feed that could go ahead and drop dead today. Well, please. Go out, go to a hospital and make out with somebody that has COVID and is like on their last breath. Take it into your lungs and die, you fucking savage cunts. <laughs> Stop whining. <laughs> Jesus. But but in all seriousness, though, mm-hmm. uh, what what it's boiled down to so far anyway, at least with all the the data that's been gathered so far, the, yeah. the mortality rate from this is like point like 0.04%. It's like not even a half a percent. Yeah. It's that it's that low. It, it'll go up next week because a bunch of people are going to fucking go go out. Bunches of people are going out tomorrow. I don't give a shit what your fucking state has as far as a stay home order. Bunches of people are going out tomorrow. So you think they're going to celebrate Easter tomorrow? I am. Are you? Yep. What are you going to do? Am. I'm going to my mom's. I'll go over to my mom's and have dinner with my mom and my niece. Well, but you're not going to a, a religious gathering. Well, you know, it is a religion when my mom cooks. Well, I'm not talking. I'm talking <laughs> about going to a service of some kind. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not a savage that has to believe a ghost. <laughs> for God's sakes. Dude. Well, I don't, I don't mean that. I, 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 what I meant by your statement that bunches of people will be going out tomorrow. I didn't know if you meant, well, there'll be go into family events or they'll be gathering for church services. They'll be doing both. They'll be going to service, sucking in the coronavirus and then taking it <laughs> home to their, to their moms and dads. And yeah. To their family. That's what's going to happen. That's why I'm saying next week it's going to spike because a bunch of people are going to get fucking sick tomorrow. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. All right. I, I get where you're going now. And you know what I'm saying? Good. <laughs> Good. Let's get rid of some of these fucking jerk offs. Well, why can't we why can't we be selective as to who gets it and who who dies from it rather than just just in general? Well, you know, I would imagine the people that are going to just go out and and try and be brave are 
are going to be the ones that are, you know, would be selected anyway. (laughs) It's the same people. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, just, just, just paying attention to somebody that I trust as a, as a, uh, you know, a dependable outlet, uh, you know, he's been tracking this from day one and, and kind of given, you know, giving the, uh, not the propaganda scenario, but the actual scenario. And, and like I said, it's, it's a very, very low more mortality rate as compared to other things such as just the every, every, uh, seasonal flu or, or cancer mm-hmm. or heart disease or, you know, all these other things. Yeah. Doesn't even come close. No. Well, you know, knowing my luck tomorrow, I'll probably die in the car on the way to my mom's house. <laughs> well, that, get- that does have a higher mortality rate than this, that this, than this, uh, virus has. I'm going to get the rollover virus. Yeah. I'm going to roll the car over. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, it's just, it's just bizarre, but, uh, you know, I, I see that, uh, you know, some, some governors, I think the governor of Texas is talking about opening the economy back up in, in certain areas, you mm-hmm. know, to start getting things back on a roll. And I, and I see that our stock market is, is taking a bump too, you bump know, up or up down, up, even up. Okay. It's been going up. So it's just like, uh, you know. This economy was very, very strong before this uh, big stay-at-home thing happened, and hopefully, it'll be able to weather the storm. And and uh, you know, once once things start settling down, maybe we can just kind of pick back up and get the economy started again, and you know, people can go back to their jobs, and you know, maybe maybe come you know, uh, merge stronger than we were before. It's all gonna. It's all gonna. In my head, it's all gonna be hinged on what landlords do. If landlords of everything, of of office space, of homes, of everything, if they try to be dicks about it and try and squeeze people for the money, the economy is going to crash. But if they if they're cool about it and just throw it to the back end of loans and and of contracts and whatnot, then then I think everything will be fine. But if you have to incur, I mean, you know this, dude. Uh, no matter who you are, your your mortgage, your rent, your your lease, whatever, is generally your biggest bill. And if they try to jam people up after no business for two months, that's going to trickle right downhill to everybody and nobody's going to pay it. And then the, then the economy will be in trouble. Oh yeah. Well, that, that goes back to like the 2008, uh, you know, housing crash, same thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Same exact thing. So with any luck, they do it the right way. And you know, don't give all the money to that fucking cunt bitch fuck twat Nancy Pelosi and her fucking <laughs> airplane credits and whatever other horse shit she, you know, transgender surgery credits or whatever, you know, hopefully they give it to the people that need it and it gets fucking solved. So whatever I, I dude, I, I can't even be bothered with it. You know, it's I, my, my partner, Ed calls me every single day. Did you hear about from the bank? It is. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I don't care if I look in the account and there's an extra 10 grand. Cool. If not, cool too. I'll figure it out. Or I won't. I'll close the fucking doors and put a padlock on it. At this point, it's like, who gives a fuck? Why worry? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to worry. It doesn't make any sense to worry. You know, I mean, Lord knows, I put a lot of time into Pinball PA, and if it doesn't reopen, gee whiz, I might have to find something else to do. Yeah. How will I survive? Right. <laughs> fuck. 
Uh, so many people paranoid. And what cracks me up is people that don't have any skin in the game that are worried. People that are like, what am I going to do about, about my, my cable bill? Like, are you fucking really whining about your cable bill? Shut up. Yeah. You'll, you'll live without cable if you have to cut it off. Yeah. You know what? I'll buy you a $10 antenna that you can stick on your fucking window. <laughs> you stupid douchebag. <laughs> well, you pay more attention to that, to those uh, first world problems than I do. Cause I, I just do not pay attention to any of that. None of it. Well, I thankfully, and, and unfortunately, my business, my IT business has not taken even the slightest bite. I mean, I have really been busy and gaining new new gigs every day. I gained a new website yesterday. So, you know, I, I'm still super busy with that. But one of the big things in the IT business is doing a bunch of companies social media. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I'm on social media a ton while I, while I, you know, write other people's tweets and posts and all that other stuff and Lord, there's a lot of fucking twats that I wish would get the fucking vi the virus and just die. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I know it sounds funny. I, I literally, from seeing the stupidity that people are spewing, wish them death. I absolutely hope they die. I will celebrate if I see that their fucking wife or daughter or whatever posts on their social media. Sad to report that Johnny died of the coronavirus. I'll be like, good. Unfollow. Fucking f dead fuck fucking go away yeah plain and hunt. yeah well i think one of the things that uh you know i i dislike uh, you know aside from the dishonesty in the media about mm -hmm. about especially celebrities or people you know their name who passed away yeah. and, and they they attribute it to this virus but mm -hmm. but but the but the truth of the matter is is they were sick and they were they were in a in a bad condition prior to this virus it's just they happened to there was like symptoms of it as they passed away. And it's just like, they didn't die from the virus. They died from cancer. You dummy. Yeah. You know, well, or, I mean, or, or they were the kind that were susceptible to, you know, like me, I'm, I'm very susceptible to the fucking flu. No, the flu will kill me. Right. If, if I get the flu real bad, I will definitely die. Right. And, and you know, so if I get the flu, it's not the coronavirus that killed me. It's the fucking fact that my lungs are shit. Exactly. Well, you know, I saw a couple of people like uh, like the country kind of folk singer guy, John Prine, passed away. Oh, yeah? So they, they attributed it to the coronavirus. Like he was walking around one day perfectly fine and healthy. Next day he's dead because he got the virus. Truth of the matter is... The guy had cancer two or three times. He was in the hospital again because of, you know, his cancer, uh, you know, symptoms and treatment. Right. And, and he passed away. Oh, he died of the virus. You know? <laughs> he was rolling in a in a wheelchair with a with an oxygen tank with him. Yeah. You know, he was a long he was a long time smoker. Right. He had cancer twice. You know, he, he was not in the best of health. Right. But they attributed his death to the coronavirus. Well, you know, he pulled that oxygen tank <laughs> off his face for one for one breath, took a breath, and it was corona breath, and he died. Right. <laughs> then then another one was some reporter. I can't remember her name. She she was a longtime reporter. Well, mm -hmm. she, she had uh, HIV. She, she suffered from HIV for a lot of years. She was like this, uh, you know, gay, lesbian, activist type person, and she had HIV, and she she suffered a lot of 
health issues and she was in the hospital due to one of her health issues and she passed away. Yep. Coronavirus got her. Well, at least there's a V in that one. <laughs> H-I-V-C-O-V. It's all the same. I know. But the point is, is that, is that now did they die from the virus or did they just happen to die and they, they had some of the symptoms when they died? Well, considering the media wants everybody scared, I say coronavirus yeah, killed them all. Of course. I think the guy that died yesterday in his car, in a car accident, yeah, it's because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. He was scared of the coronavirus, so he drove erratically into a tree. Exactly. Coronavirus death. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous. No. That's why I don't listen to anybody. I don't pay attention to social media. Don't listen to people's bullshit. You know, I don't watch the news. I don't do anything. Just like, you know what? I I don't need to know. There's no coverage of it on the channels I watch on Pluto TV. (laughs) None. There was no coverage of it in that six, seven hours of hell that you put me through yesterday. Yesterday and today with that fucking wild, wild country. Oh, boy. No, no mention of the, the coronavirus. No. Wow. Now that was a documentary. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if uh, the other day I was flipping through the Netflix there to see what's on. And so, uh, you know, both Chris and I, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know, Chris and I are really uh, documentary aholics, if that's even a word. And, uh, you know, being that we enjoy the documentaries on, uh, like the Jim Jones, Jonestown massacre and, you know, gangsters and all kinds of stuff. So I've, I see this documentary up there. It says, uh, the wild, wild country. I'm just like, what the hell is that all about? So, so I, uh, read the description. I was just like, you know what? I vaguely remember this. You know, I was in my, I was in my, uh, uh, middle to late teens when I heard this in the news and I go, I kind of remember that a little bit. Sure. And, and so I started watching it. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> and again, this is, this is what I'm always amazed of. Who was mm-hmm. always rolling the cameras? Yeah. They had tons of, they had footage of everything of that too. Yeah. Who was rolling cameras at all the time, whether it was inside and what it was, is it was a a cult of of this, this Maharashi Rahishi, whatever the fuck his name was yeah, uh, from uh, India. He was an Indian guru and uh, just like any cult leader, you know, he grew, he, uh, he gained a following because they thought he was like this great spiritual leader. And, you know, he had a lot of people buffaloed and. You know that you know I, I wanted to punch this guy's face every fucking every every fucking time this guy came out of his little hovel or wherever he was always in that prayer stance always had those hands up there and people were like it was just such an act and you know what was really weird about that guy what's that of all, if you if you didn't notice it I noticed it because I kept paying as much attention as I could to this guy the guy mm-hmm. never blinked. He never blinked. I he, did not notice that. If you go back and watch any one of the episodes a little bit and they yeah. have footage of this guy doesn't blink. <laughs> His, he never blinks at all. His eyes are just like staring straight ahead all the time. And he's always got those hands up in front of his face like he's constantly in prayer. You know, it's like, what a phony. <laughs> uh, he didn't scare me any. That chick was scary. Well, Did she not? Whatever yeah, her name Sheila. was. Sheila. Sheila. Yeah. Whoop. 
She was a scary cunt. Holy smokes. Yeah, she was she was definitely uh she was fearless. Yeah. You know what bothers me the most about that shit? That both her and the one that tried to murder the other people yeah. are free. Oh yeah, they got away with it. They got away with it. Meanwhile, if I if I fucking skip a tax return, I'm going to jail. <laughs> Well, these these people sure have a way of of skirting around the law and, and moving around and, you know, before people catch up with them, because if you see this documentary, it's called Wild Wild Country. Uh, this all happened up in Oregon and this yeah. this cult uh, leader and his his uh, secretary is what they called her, Sheila. Uh, they acquired this ranch in uh, Oregon. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was like, what it was like 800, 800,000 800 acres or something. <laughs> it was 800 a, square miles or something. Yeah. Shit. It was some massive, massive, uh, piece of land. And, and the whole thing about it was how in the hell, where did the money come for this? You know, yeah. how, how did they, how did they uh, fund all this? I mean, the, uh, the amount of people that were there, they, they had no commerce. They didn't sell anything. They didn't, they didn't have a business per se. You know, obviously people all worked in the commune to, you know, raise vegetables and food and build the houses and stuff. But where did all the money come from for uh, the building materials and to buy that ranch and to support these people and, you know, all that kind of stuff? That was the one thing that uh, I, I noticed in some of the later episodes that one of the reasons why this commune, uh, aside from the, you know, aside from the state and the government going after them was they started talking about it started failing just due to the lack of funds. Yeah. Which was surprising. Cause they even sucked in the guy that made the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was amazing to me. I was like, Jesus Christ, I love the Godfather. And that's what the guy spent his money on. Well, his wife became the secretary after that Sheila uh, bolted. Yeah, but he was in there too. Well, he was, they, there was that one scene where, where they said, how much have you spent? And he's like, a few hundred thousand. And then they asked her and she said, yeah, a few hundred thousand too. I was like, holy fuck. All that fucking good Godfather money going to this fucking kook. <laughs> so, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that when I text you and told you, you need to watch it, I didn't yeah. get, I didn't even get to the part yet where they talked about the comparisons to Jim Jones. I just I just used that comparison saying, yeah, if you like the whole Jim Jones thing, you'll like this. And then it was like in, what was it, like episode three or four, then they started talking about how people were comparing them to the Jonestown. Right. And and I like how the whole denial. I don't know why people are comparing us to Jonestown. We're nothing like that. Can't figure that out at all, no. <laughs> yeah, one, just, lead, just... one cult leader, people following blindly, you all living in together in a big community. No, no comparison at all. He killed people with chemicals. You have a lab, you know, no, no problem. (laughs) You know, he armed himself to the teeth. They armed themselves to the teeth. Nah, no comparison. No, you, you unleashed a virus in the town, you know, yeah, Yeah, just, you know, they just didn't call it the coronavirus back then. Dude, you know, what's the most scary about that documentary is thinking about places like is it Flint or somewhere in Detroit where like the Muslims have taken over oh, yeah, cities? Yeah, over over in the Detroit area. Yeah. yeah, how that could totally happen again. Yep. I mean, dude, and and as much as it was scumbaggery, and I thought that she should that that Sheila should catch a bullet in the, <laughs> right in the face 
she was really, really smart and thought outside the box. The whole thing about bringing the homeless people in so that they'd have enough votes to take over the county. And who does that sound like today? Who? The Democrats. The Democrats, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 took a, they took a page right out of Sheila's playbook, and they round up all these people in these projects and in these, mm-hmm. these uh, ghetto areas. Hey, we'll give you a free Obama phone if you get on this bus, and we'll register you to vote. Cool, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, you just you just get, you know, we'll give you a free phone and we'll give you uh, you know, some free internet and stuff. All you have to do is cast a vote for us. You now get on this bus. Let's go register you. I love too that once they started acting goofy, they drugged them up, drove them out and put them on a park bench in another city. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they were done their their usefulness, it's just like, yeah, we're we're casting your asses out of here cuz you're costing us too much to keep you. Yeah, beat it. Yeah, get out now. <laughs> beat it, homeless guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that documentary was fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. Just it is amazing the level of the level of willingness people have to just give up everything about their own self sense of self. Well, that's the whole thing. Makes no sense. Well, that's the whole thing. It's just like w- this is this is where this younger generation who like supports a Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, they're willing to just relinquish their liberties and their freedoms just as long as they're guaranteed somebody's going to take care of me. Yeah. And, and like clockwork, every time it happens, it goes bad and the leadership fucks them. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) There's not one example in history where it went well. Yeah. I put my blind faith in this guy and he fucked me over and, you know, that was the whole other thing is when these homeless people that they picked up from around the country. Yeah. This is these these are the first people they gave me food, they gave me clothes, they gave me a place to stay, they gave me, they gave me, they gave me. It's like, "Well, what's your responsibility in all this?" Well, you know, I'm 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 a citizen like the rest of you. It's my right. Yeah, it's my birthright. It's my birthright. But yeah, just just that just that whole testimony. They gave me, they gave me, they gave me. Isn't that isn't that what everybody wants it from the government? Well, they gave yeah. me uh, my food stamps. They gave me my medical care. They gave me gave me my stimulus check. Yeah, where where where's the responsibility for you in all this scenario? Yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that. Why would you need that when there's people giving it to you? Exactly. It's free. Yeah. I, I I think back about my old man. Uh, I remember him, you know, telling me the story that back in the '60s, uh, you know, he he's he was a Democrat back in the '60s up until the '60s, and yeah. uh, you know, my dad my dad was uh, you know came from a, a farming country, um, family. You know, they okay. just they lived down in southern Kentucky. They didn't have much money, and you know, they raised what they they needed, and they. Uh, pretty much, you know, had to work all the time to, to, you know, to keep themselves alive. And, you know, my dad wanted something better for himself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's like, yeah, that, you know, I know there's got to be a better life out there for me. Right. And, and so when he was old enough, he, he joined the army right during the Korean conflict. Mm. And uh, he, he, he went to Korea and, uh, you know, he was there. And uh, when he got out of, uh, when he we got discharged from the army after his stint, 
uh, he came to Chicago. Okay. And he used that GI Bill to go to uh, a, like a technical school, a tech school, Lincoln Tech. Okay. And, and learned, uh, you know, mechanics and stuff. Right. And after that, he got into, you know, he got into uh, um, into the trucking industry. And uh, that's that's what he did for his adult life. And, you know, he, you know, basically only had an eighth grade education up to that point and then just worked his way up to where where he is today. And, you know, I know my dad's probably worth a couple million now, but Jeez. but regardless of that. Uh, he was telling me the story about, you know, he was a he was he he voted Democrat into the 60s. And then when Johnson came along and wanted to do the whole great society thing, mm-hmm. uh, he was just like, wait a minute. The government is going to provide you a house and the government's going to give you <laughs> this and the government. And he goes, fuck that. I don't think he said fuck that, but I'm sure that's the equivalent of what he thought. He goes. There ain't no way I'm ever voting Democrat ever again. Right. <laughs> and he said that's when he switched over to being a Republican and voted for uh, Nixon the first time around. Okay. <laughs> but he was just like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't jive with me. I went out here and busted my ass. I'm not giving part of my paycheck to somebody who's going to, you know, just collect welfare. Yeah, fuck those deadbeats. Yeah, more or less. More or less. So, uh yeah, he's just like, yeah, when Johnson came along and I'm listening to this guy and I'm thinking, there ain't no way. Yeah. Who can blame him? I can't blame him. You know, he served the goddamn country. He didn't know anybody a goddamn thing, not a, not a nickel. That's what I always think, you know, and, and maybe that's selfish on my part, but so fucking be it. I've earned the right to be selfish. I fucking literally earned the right to be selfish about right. giving anybody anything in this fucking country. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, the opportunities are there. You just got to go out there and make it. Yeah, exactly. Got to just go out there and get it. Got to get it for yourself. Well, if your dad needs somebody, um, you know, that's willing to risk the coronavirus to cut his grass or something <laughs> since he's a millionaire, just let him know you got a guy. <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, just, just that documentary was, was really wild, but I, I saw so many parallels in that mm. docu- documentary to things that are going on today. Oh yeah. Me too. You know, the whole, again, uh, the whole busing people to the polls to get them to vote for you and your, your mm. way and all this. And in exchange, I'll give you a place to stay and this and that and the other thing. Think, same thing going on in the Democrat Party today, also with the whole virus. Right. You know, they, they made that whole city sick. They had that yeah. lab and all this. And and speaking of the virus. Yes. Our uh, our friend, um, Ozzy Ace, mm-hmm. he sent me over this YouTube uh, documentary. It was only like 55 minutes long. Okay. And they they have these you know, scientists and people who it's brand new documentary. It just got put out the other day about okay. the, the origin of this virus. And okay. they, they were explaining how this virus, this, this uh, Wuhan Chinese virus uh, could not have just originated in, in the damp market. And, no. they, and they explained the reason why. And, and they're pretty, they're pretty convincing that, 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 uh, that lab over there in Wuhan, mm-hmm. uh, they they leaked that virus. They they said that this virus is like a um, hybrid 
of okay. the SARS disease as well as uh, HIV. Did they leak it with blended beavers thrown into the water supply? <laughs> well, I don't know so much about that, but the point is, is that they were explaining what this virus, how this virus looks, you know, because I'm sure everybody's seen the little picture that's got that spiky looking yeah. virus thing. Well, yeah. that, that, that spiky thing, that protein or whatever you want to call it, that pierces your blood cells. Okay. And that's an engineered thing. That isn't just like something that cropped up out of a wet market or bats or whatever. That's like an engineered thing. So they took one virus and they put it together with like a SARS type virus and that spiky little shell that this thing has. That's the way it gets into you is, is that it, it, that it pierces your, your blood cells. Well, they obviously failed because they haven't killed nearly enough people. <laughs> but my point is, is that this was this could very well be the start of a biological weaponry. And they they launched it, you know, allegedly launched it on their own people just to see how it uh, affected people. Right. And, and unfortunately, because they kept it secret and they you know, threw away or they uh, destroyed any records of it and they destroyed any uh, information on it. And they, you know, didn't alert anybody in the world that, Hey, there's this like uh, virus spreading. Right. Uh, it got out of hand. It could be. I don't doubt it. I'm fine with it. We got to die of something. <laughs> Might as well be warfare, biological warfare. Yeah. So anyway, it was just kind of interesting that uh, that documentary of of uh, the wild wild country and and what's going on today is you know how how does that how's that old saying go those who uh, fail to remember uh, history will are bound to repeat it yeah they're due to repeat it yeah right. so so we're in that phase right now because just about a lot of the things that happen this was in the late seventies early eighties with with this cult. We're, we're seeing almost that whole same cult uh, um, attitude today with the whole uh, socialism and uh, the viruses and the, you know, the uh, voter fraud and, you know, power grab and all that kind of stuff. It's just very interesting how so many parallels uh, with today's uh, what's going on today is comparison to that documentary. So. If you haven't seen it and you have Netflix and you got plenty of time on your hands and as Chris said, if you got seven hours to spare, yeah, uh, go check that out. It's it's pretty crazy. And boy did I go down the rabbit hole. You sent it to me what yesterday at like eight o'clock or yeah, something. Yeah, I was watching it last night, yeah. And I started watching it, I don't know, maybe ten o'clock or something. And I finally had to stop and then watch the rest of it this morning at like 3 a.m. Because I was like, I, and I, I kept saying, all right, I'm not going to watch another episode. I'm not going to watch another episode. And I kept, you know how at the end of each episode, they had a little tiny bit of music that was leading into it. Yeah. I kept dozing out in the musical part right at the end of each episode. And then it would come back on, and then I would wake back up, and I was like, oh, fuck, well, let me just turn on. Oh, let me just see a little bit. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, it's 3 in the fucking morning. Right. I was like, god damn it. I need to go to sleep so that I'm not way overtired for the fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I watched 
I watched the first two episodes and then I fell asleep and then I woke up about, uh, hmm, I'm, I'm going to say, I think I woke up around 1130. Okay. And, uh, so then I started watching it again and I watched it till like two 30 this morning. And then I went back to sleep again, you know, woke up at like, I think I woke up at like 1030 this morning. Right. Cause I was, I was kind of binge watching it like two, sure. two to three episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff. Yeah, well, it, it's good. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and the, uh, end game that, that, uh, that spiritual leader, guess what? He died like everybody else. He just dropped dead as just like everybody else does. Yeah. He wasn't a God. He was just a dude. He was just a dude walking around in his white flowing robes and his long ZZ top beard. I've decided not to speak for two years. Go fuck yourself. Good. Go, go, don't speak for the rest of your life. No one cares. <laughs> well, apparently that lawyer from LA, he cared. Yeah. What a, what a fat <laughs> crying. Every time they interviewed this guy, he was crying. <laughs> he sees like his lawyer and he's like, I've never met such a warm and tender man. Meanwhile, the guy didn't fucking speak for half the time that he was with him. Yeah. Well, he could just feel his aura. Mm. He probably blew the Raharaji and that's why he fucking was sad. Yeah. Didn't have another spiritual leader to blow. <laughs> I I had the I had the distinct uh, privilege of sitting at his feet. No, oh, how how special! I was sitting at his feet. Yeah. And then when they showed him when he was finally leaving the country for good, and he's crying at the airport. Yeah. Effect. What is wrong with you, queer ball? <laughs> Jesus. Could you imagine having such? reverence for another human being that that it was such an honor to sit at their feet no not at all not even a, not even a parent not even one of my own parents i don't think i'd be honored to fucking sit at their feet <laughs> the fuck get some shoes <laughs> but it, just just the weakness of of these of these people is it's just astounding yeah, just just this blind following, this weakness of just you know, yeah, like like you said earlier, it's like yeah, I'll give up all my freedoms and my liberty and everything just as long as you know, just be nice to me, okay? Just just be my friend. <laughs> just be my friend. <laughs> Man, he's a stink. Yeah. Now, as of as of recent, the only one that I can think of uh, any in recent time is, is like the David Koresh, you know, that was in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Has, has there been another cult of, of people or some leader that, that gets a lot of attention or has a following today that, that you're aware of? Bin Laden. Uh, he wasn't really like a cult leader. Oh, come on. You think you think that they? You don't I mean, think that the he, way that no, he didn't have like throngs of people living in a commune, did he? No, because he told them to scatter and be invisible and then strike when nobody was looking. Yeah, that that's more of a terrorist thing. I, I'm talking about like you know just being like a living in living in a community and following this person wherever they go and sitting there just waiting for every word to drop out of their mouth. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there was the Scientology guy. What's his name? Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. 
Ron Hubbard and and the guys with the the comet guys. They yeah, that, that the Hail Bop comet guy. Yeah, that they followed that guy pretty well. Yeah, 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 pretty much. They didn't have like a massive following though. I mean, they didn't have like thousands of people living in a commune. How about like Jim and Tammy Faye? Hmm. I'm talking about people who would leave their homes and, and live together. Those I, I, people did. Who they did? Gave all, their, all those people that followed Jim and Tammy Faye, they gave all their money to build, what was the name of their, their compound it, it that they built? It was Heritage USA. Yeah, and, and all those people went and lived there. They gave all their money to, to t- Jim and Tammy Faye to live there. And they, they had that theme park and the hotels and all that stuff. Yeah. I would say they qualify. They used they used Jesus as their as their method, but you know I would definitely put those two up there. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the eighties. Yeah, I'm trying to think more recently, Koresh yeah. is probably uh, and Koresh really didn't have that many followers. Nah, what, yeah, 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 he had like a hundred maybe was total there. Yeah, but thirty of them were burned up kids. So right, that doesn't count. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about you know like like a Jim Jones or this or this Maharashi guy and. You know, yeah. where, where they had everybody living together in one big community. I think media has had a lot to do with, with deconstructing that. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people that, that still follow people like that, but they, they stay a little more in the, in the, in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, they follow more online than they do, you know, day to day. Right. They don't wear red clothes and come out there and go, peace <laughs> and love, peace and love. You know, you know. You don't see an asshole with a tambourine at the at the airport anymore. A Hare Krishna. Yeah, you don't see any of that shit anymore. No. It's all underground now. That was Sung Young Moon. Yeah, some some young high yeah. guy or what? Yeah, some some young some young moon. Yeah, all those. Yeah, there you go, Ken Copeland. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but he's a church, though. I mean, it's not like people are living in tents in in a tent city because they're following Kenneth Copeland. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. There's <laughs> people living in a tent city there. Yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shitting in the streets. Yep. Shitting needles, California. Yeah. All for their cause, the cause of democracy. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh I don't think since since the nineties, since the internet age, yeah, there's really been you know, any kind of big cult leader somewhere where, where people are living in mass. Yeah. I, I would say probably the closest is Scientology, but it's, it's a, it's sort of different because you got to be rich to be in that in the first place, I think. And no, you don't need to be rich. The rich get to go to the upper echelons of, of is- Scientology. It could be just a regular person and be a Scientologist, but what but- about, what about Kabbalah? Isn't that something? Yeah, but did people live in mass there either? You know, one thing is a religion, you know, or a religious belief, but you go Mm -hmm. about your day-to-day business and you live in your own home and, you know, you might give some of your money to them and stuff. That's one thing. But I'm talking about communal living. Well, everybody realizes that that's a disaster waiting to happen, so nobody wants to do that. Not anymore. Uh, Who wants to give up their Xbox? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly all right well anyway it was a it was a great documentary you should go see it if you haven't seen it yet and and i think uh you'll be pretty much stunned and amazed sure that that you know and 
well, this was late 70s, early 80s, prior to the Internet age. But you'd be stunned and amazed at how uh, easily led so many people can be. Right. right. It is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hey, Alan Kill, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Alan Kill, I don't understand something. All right, Tim, we're going to explain it to you no matter what it is. All right. Now, um, I looked up a statistic this week. Now, I know you said um, that it's only half a percent of people that are dying from the virus, right? It's only what people? I know. I know. What was that? It's only what people dying from the virus? That only half a percent of the people that contract the COVID nineteen. Yeah, are dying it, from it's it. very <laughs> low. the The mortality rate is like a half a percent. Yeah, yeah. But what I don't understand, I looked up a, a statistic this week, and I don't want to get sucked into all the you know media hype and all this stuff, right? But I looked up a statistic this week that said in New York, on a on a general day, like any given day, they have about 150 people die. Okay. Right? All right. Whereas whereas now, um, you know, sometimes there's almost, well, there's almost like a thousand people a day dying. Now, if this is not as serious as you're saying it is, then, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty huge jump, though. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, and and I don't want to debate this all night long, but the the thing is, is I don't know what they're basing the percentages off of because we don't even know how many people have had this or even have it because a lot of people will have it, but they don't show any symptoms and they don't even know they have it. So what they're basing it is on is people that confirmed have it as opposed to people who have died from it supposedly but but those numbers are uh, ambiguous as well because anyone who dies with the coronavirus symptoms but they might have something else they're considering that a corona death yeah 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 so that okay. th- those numbers are so skewed that it doesn't make any sense yeah okay i, I see that the other thing was i wanted to say, to say a quick thanks for the interview because I've seen a huge spike in um, people streaming and downloading my music, and I think it's attributed to the interview from the CMS. Holy shit, Chris. So, look at you. You're you're a, you're a hero to the people of Australia and, and Tim. Of course I am. <laughs> no, well, you're welcome, it's, Tim. It's, it's, it's very cool. Anyway, hail and kill. <laughs> there goes Tim. See you, Tim. So. <laughs> From two streams a week to five. <laughs> we're at the peak. Yeah, we're peaking. We're Eight peaking. <laughs> we're at the peak this week. <laughs> Tim made his first nickel from Spotify. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, you're welcome, Tim. Glad glad the CMS could help make a difference for you. Of course. All right. All right, well, let's take a break. Let's uh, play a couple of tunes. Uh, what would you like to hear? Um, I have been on a wasp kick this week because okay. I watched um, I watched our good friend Razor Fist. Yes. His metal mythos um, yes. of wasp. And he really, I got to say, and, and dude, I'm going to make this challenge to you specifically, okay. but to any of our CMS fans that, that like wasp. 
he really changed my mind on the later day, the latter day wasp records. And by latter day, I mean, from like dying for the world to Golgotha. Okay. I, I'll be honest. I didn't give, especially the last three Babylon dominator and Golgotha. I did not give those three much of a listen. Okay. I went back after watching him just celebrate them and really gave him a good listen this week. And I'll be damned if he wasn't right, that those are some really good records that I did not give that much of a, that much love to the first time. Okay. So uh, that's my challenge is go back and listen to those albums. That being said, I'm going to go back a little bit further, but not to the classic era. I would like to hear revengeance from it's either on, on I think it's on dying for the world revengeance. Okay. Yes, a, it is. It's uh, track number six. Great tune, man. Just fast and sounds like classic wasp. Well, so I'm try. a, I'm a fan of the, uh, of the later wasp material. I didn't know that you were into like Golgotha and stuff like that. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm into them, but I did not dislike them. Yeah, I didn't dislike them, but I didn't give them much of a listen. Mm-hmm. Either. Like I listened to them once or twice and was like, all right, it's wasp, but you know, whatever. And then if you watch razor fist, he's like, he's like these fucking albums are full of fire and fury. God <laughs> fucking speed. Right. Of course. <laughs> you know, he's so energetic. And so he's, he's a big wasp fan. Yeah. So, so it, it was just really, that documentary is really worth watching. And it really fired me back up to go back and listen to all these wasp records. And I've been all week and been finding a lot of nice gems that I just forgot about. And this is one of them, this revengeance. Too. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to play a couple songs. We'll come back. We'll do some more stuff. So uh, from the Dying for the World release, here it is. It's Wasp exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Hi there. This is the one and only Blackie Lawless of Wasp. And you're rocking hard to the classic metal show. 